last one's for you, Corey. Woo! There it goes, baby. Do it again. Two claps and a Ric Flair. Welcome him? to the Salty Dogs podcast. Can we get him on the podcast? Rick Flair on the podcast. Who, Rick Flair? Yeah. Rick Flair? Actually, there? you know who is a pretty devout Christian? Who? The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you know that? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yep, he is. He's death in the streets and a... And a Christian in the Christian sheets. In the bed. What? Christian in the sheets, freak in the streets. Oh, you guys are weird, man. No, how are really we weird? How do you not know these? Lady in the street, put a freak in the bed. Whoa! That's it. Yep. Here we are. All right. Welcome. What's going? What's going on, guys? What's cracking? I'm banging it out right now. I'm caffeining it out. Benny colada, baby. Jason went and made me a a Nespresso, an Pe- espresso from his Nespresso. Pina coladas. Pina's a lotus. Chris, do you heard what I said? What did yeah, you say? he said a penis colada. <laughs> no. Yeah, buddy. I did not say that. Oh, I thought that's what you said. <clears throat> not wrong. Say it again. No, I will not. Is well, that what you said? It no, does say no. it has natural flavors. So. Oh my god. Whatever that means. They're natural. <laughs> Goodness what gracious. What is going on with this? Dude, this here we is are. A train wreck. I no, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not a train wreck yet. It's not. not yet. It's, it's only a train yet. wreck when you call it a train wreck. We're speeding up oh, around the bend, though. We might be off. We're coming around the mountain. Yeah. Yep. So here we are. Oh, this caffeine's hitting. I'm feeling it? it. Are you feeling it? Yep. Feeling sting good. the wrestler sting. Yes, yeah, sting. If you like, okay, never mind. Somebody on Facebook said, "In getting caught in the rain." I was just going to reiterate that first statement. That Casey if you like stingy coladas, <laughs> stinky coladas. Um, so we have a mixed bag episode. Actually, what did we call it? We called it the crazy, awesome, fun cast, <laughs> crazy, awesome, fun cast. <laughs> That's what this is. So let's just tell the story. We work for a church and, and the, the vacation Bible school is called crazy, awesome, fun camp. And so just before we were saying, we ought to call this one crazy, awesome, fun cast, which I thought was pretty freaking fun. No, you said the crazy, awesome podcast, something like that. And then Casey, Casey said the said crazy, crazy awesome, awesome, fun cast. Yeah, I said super awesome, crazy podcast or something anyways we're calling this one variety fun pack because we have a slew of topics that we're going to handle just a a a lot of stuff a cornucopia a cornucopia of topics a myriad a plethora oh very interesting an assortment variety pack is that a topic in your pocket are you just happy to see me (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i'm happy to see you (laughs) And, and there's topics and there's stuff. It's all the tasteful nudes you've been sending, bro. Tasteful nudes. Oh my gosh, what is happening with our show? Oh man, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I don't what know is that. a tasteful nude? I, I mean, <laughs> they're all pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, no, they can be classy. Okay, like with a monocle <laughs> <laughs> on a bearskin rug. Uh, me, <laughs> me dressed like the Monopoly guy on a bearskin rug, dude. On a bearskin rug. Oh my god! Fire going on a live bear. Yeah, <laughs> a live bear. <laughs> oh goodness! What's our gracious. first topic for the night? Well, I mean, do you guys have anything else you well, want to make I, people I, turn I, the podcast off first, for? Because you think should we just go should and repent. Get that, yeah, turn mm. from our wicked ways yeah. or burn. No, I don't really have anything going on. You have any life updates? Huh? I don't have life updates. No. Casey, what's going on in your world, man? Ah, uh, <clears throat> man, super busy working. Work's picking up. I've had a lot of my friends from church hit me up for tree work, though, which is always cool. That's good. But, I mean, other than that, IC's coming over. We're right, working on the album tonight. Man. So. I'm I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. Tonight, huh? Yeah. He's coming over after the podcast. 
after the podcast. 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 Sal T. Dag. So the only thing I need to get that hammered out. Yeah, you do. Hammered out. Some. What's the What's like the ETA? Like when are you guys shooting for? Before Man, summer, be fall. It's gonna be a summer drop. Late summer I, drop. I think we're thinking about a summer drop. Damn, early that fall. Be, that'd be awesome if you did it before the, we. Well, early fall do when the leaves are turning and it's nice and cool outside. Yeah, whenever and y'all you're be done, like, it's fine. <laughs> whenever. I think now I, I originally had the idea that we were going to drop like the, the exclusive content or previews of that on the podcast. Nice. Just to you know, just get it out, out there, there. And get people tantalizing. I love to be tantalized and mesmerizing. Mm. So other than that, just <clears throat> that tomb life, baby. Tomb life. Yeah. Walking out every day. The only thing I have going tomb on is, womb. is training for the mountain. That's it. June 18th. June 18th, 19th, 20th. Dude, that's coming up. You, you ready? I mean, I'm going to be. I just actually just talked to Lara and I was Probably like, I'm going to start doing straight legs. Like getting hit like i've been getting my hit workouts and stuff like that you better man it's a 14 right? no, i know man i'm not i'm not messing around Whoa. i'm not messing around this i mean if this guy's training he's like man i'm getting it in i'm getting ready i have to i was telling lara the last thing that i want <clears throat> carve out the time just go make it be that guy and i'm dying not even able to take in the sights enjoy it you know dying oh, that's i don't good, want that that's a good that's a good i guess outlook to have man you know this that you're going to be so focused on the pain that you're missing what's around mm-hmm. you. Right, for sure. Which is a good word in general. I know, that's we, why I said uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. We yeah. just took a turn for the spiritual. Yeah, towards something actual, actually spiritual. Yeah, Lord, just get us out the way on this podcast. Oof. Really just move us out of the way. Just get us out of the way. <laughs> move. So, ironically enough, you're, what? you're saying that. Uh, and it's funny cause you wrote a, po- you wrote I did, a blog, I did write a blog. I keep kicking you. I know. Cause you want to sit a certain way and you can't at this table. I can't. I know. Yeah, until, J- until, until Jared, Jared makes our new makes table, our new table yep. which will so, be cool. Jared starting J E L woodworks. Is he? Uh, yeah. I wanted to buy a saw from him today, but someone beat me to it on the marketplace. You saw the saw, but you didn't get the saw. I couldn't, time. I couldn't didn't see it. the saw in time. I was about 10 minutes too late. If you guys don't know, we go live on Facebook, facebook.com slash salty dogs cast. And we watch and read comments while we record. And uh, Darren Eubanks says, what up, dogs? Who That's banks? Us. Who banks? Up, dude? Eubanks. He banks. He banks for sure. He's the banker. Yep. So if you're in our comments, show us a hand and we'll see that hand. Yep. So I wrote a uh, wrote a, pot, a blog today. <clears throat> a blogcast. So, yeah. I, let me see if I can look it up because, you know, you know what's interesting is like, so I'm actually on the Salty Dogs Instagram. So even though I say I'm off social media, I'm still he's on, not. I'm still on social media. And um, what's this guy's name? Here he goes. And I think was he the one that posted it? No, he didn't post it. It was somebody else. Somebody posted a Tozer quote. You know A.W. Tozer. Love Tozer. I love Tozer. I own some of his books. I read his work. But there was some statement that was a tozer statement and he said something about us getting out of the way of god and so let me tell you the story i remember when i was pastoring and leading the source wichita like as the lead pastor and i would pray before service and i would do that i would say god just get us out of the way and do what you want to do 
And I finished praying. I would do that too. I finished praying and a friend of mine, Jonathan Workman, he said, Hey Jason, can I challenge you with something? I was like, what's that? <clears throat> um, Dan says, use your loud voice, Casey, cause you're talking too low. Dan, don't tell me what to do. Let me turn you up. Dan's, Dan's always bossing me around. There he goes. <laughs> well, now we can actually hear you. So Jonathan was like, Hey, let me challenge you with something. He goes, I, I heard you pray, move me out of the way, God, but I want to challenge you to actually consider asking to partner with what the Lord wants to do because, mm. because you have a role in that too. Like yeah. the father has a will. Yeah. The role was getting out of the way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So yeah. So here I wrote this blog post and uh, I just want to talk a little bit about it. The premise was so like all throughout scripture, I see this, this play out time and time again, where the father's revealing himself to people. And as he's revealing himself, he's also like sharing his heart, his will. And he's saying, I'm, I'm going to do something. Here's what I'm going to do. I heard the cry of my people. I'm going to, I'm going to do something so big. I have a plan. It's to prosper you. There's prophecy. Here's what I'm going to do. So as he's revealing himself, he's telling people what he's going to do. But as he's revealing himself, he's inviting people into the mission with him. So he's saying, I heard the cry of my people. And so I'm going to use you, Moses, to deliver my people from Pharaoh. And Moses wasn't like, well, you know, God, just get me out of the way. So your will be done. No, Moses had to partner with the father, be in relationship with him and walk with him every step of the way to do the will of the Lord. And the Lord would command him and he'd say, stretch out your rod or say this or say that, or go and tell Pharaoh. And so Moses actually had to do the things the father was telling him to do. And so just the idea was that, you know, we pray this and I, and, and I get why people pray it. A lot of times people say, Lord, get me out of the way because we're saying, well, I'm flawed or, yeah. you know, get, move my, my brokenness out of way. Can I read a comment of yeah, what someone ahead, sure. was saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So someone, <clears throat> you know, I shared that blog post out and someone commented uh, on get, it. Don't give Brad any ear time. What? I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> he represents the. I'm just messing, Brad Okay. <laughs> so. He says, I think a lot of folks, when they pray that, aren't necessarily praying that God physically remove them from being utilized in a situation, but rather move the aspects about themselves that could potentially derail something. For example, Flesh. anger. I have difficulty sometimes keeping my anger in check. I have to pray that God would get that part of me out of the way so that I can, uh, so that I don't unnecessarily lash out in anger at someone. I get what you guys are saying. I'm not disagreeing, just throwing in another and, angle. Yeah. So that's it's the that's the main, you know, people be like, oh, well, I'm not. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what my blog wasn't as so much an assault on that, but an encouragement to change the mentality and say partner, mindset shift. Like, I want to partner with you in what you want to happen. So let's just say I'm impatient, or I'm unkind, or I'm unloving, and so I start praying with that in mind. Move me out of the way. What if I then begin to pray? to partner with the work that he wanted to do with me concerning those things. And then I asked him how to actually help me move away from those things instead of just saying, yeah, you know, just get me out of the way. I think it's more than just like a a momentary thing. You know what I mean? I believe that partnering with the Lord to get you out of the way is actually the Lord's discipline and his revelation, you know, living in his life so that the flesh can be eradicated. You know what I mean? Completely and totally. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a prayer. You just pray just like, I mean, I get it like you said, but 
if you really want to get that get that down and dirty with it, like that's that's the. It's dis- almost like you're not going all the way when you're it's praying a that prayer. Process. Listen, man, the flesh is so deep. You know what I mean? We are so deceived, and so when we do say, you know, let's get that out of the way or get me out of the way, like I understand that, but like taking it a step deeper, like actually letting His light come, like His light, mm-hmm. not our light, or the way that we perceive things, because man's heart is desperately wicked above all things. So since when did like we become the yardstick by which we measure revelation or any of those things, you know what I mean? Living in the light, man. Um, and he's been dealing with me on that a lot lately too, which is like the flesh being absolutely eradicated completely. That's mm. the self, you know what I mean? And that, so whenever I'm like, get me out of the way, I mean like, yeah, eradicate that, yeah. you know, but I get what you're saying though, but that, yeah. but whatever, where I was going with that is like, that's an actual partnering thing with the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get, to yeah, partner with him to get you out of the way for sure. Not just like, oh yeah, mo- remove me from the equation because yeah. he's not going to do that. He well, actually wants to complete you in that equation. So so what if someone was praying before the service and they were just like, Lord, just move me out of the way. Not my will, but your will be done. And then they were and like th- teleported to Virginia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's going what on? Ah! Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, pastor, yeah, Jason, pastor Jason prayed a prayer <laughs> and he wanted, God the, got him out of the way. The the Father, gone. Yeah, you like die on the spot. It's like, well, you know, <clears throat> this is my son with whom I was not well pleased. Well, <laughs> no, and then somebody walks up and they're like, hey, man, I was just pressing in and the Lord told me that you actually don't need to be on stage today. And you just prayed, move me out of the way, Lord. Would oh, you take that gosh. word? Would you take that word? Most people probably wouldn't. Hey, bro, you're not I in would. a good headspace. I'd be like, all right, man. It'd be like, I, told, I'm trying to sleep. Dude, you've told me that before. Have I? Yeah. Mm. You've, you've been like, hey, man, you're not here today. Like, all right. You're not here today, so you're not here so, today. Yeah, Get out of here. Literally. It's just kind of funny. Well, no, and it, and to, again, it was just all, it's all about encouraging people to actually embrace that the father wants to partner with us. And a lot of what I wrote about, excuse me, had to do with like the father being with us. Yeah. And so Jesus called his disciples that they would be with him and that they would go and preach the gospel. And so the idea is that Jesus said, come be in relationship with me mm-hmm. and I'll send you on mission. Now, as we have relationship, like then you'll have your commands to go and what to do. Yeah. And so it's that the father has a will. So scripture talks about being predestined that those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of likeness of the son and that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the works which he prepared beforehand. So there are these things that we're to do that the father has established and so he wants to do them through us and in us. And so if I'm like, get me out of the way, like I'm not embracing partnership. But can we be in the way of that process? Can we be in the way of what and, he wants to do? And it's an idea of Absolutely. self. And so if I say, you know, I help me die to self, it's just language means things. And I think this is going to kind of set the precedence for the rest of this. Well, This is interesting because this. language means things, but then it does. And then there are times when people are like, okay, really you, you're saying this, but it means this, we know this, but it's like, it's like people want to take language seriously sometimes, but not all the time. Correct. And that, and that's what I think. And I, when I it think, means something to me, I want to, I want to, you know what I mean? Right. Or when it, when it suits my purpose, Yeah. when it suits my desires, when it suits my outcome, then I'll take certain words seriously, but not the others. Or if I don't want it to, well, then I'll take those words seriously because we have a bipartisan mind, you know? Yeah. And I, and I just, I've, I've been big on that. That's why, I mean, you guys know my kick on the word of God whole thing. It's just like, we make the word of God phrase synonymous with the Bible and nowhere in scripture does 
does it ever pertain to the Bible, the actual Bible that we know today, the collection of books that we know today? Scripture never refers to it that way. And so Correct. you go and look up these words for word and there's logos and there's rhema and yeah. then scriptures graphe and in the new testament it's pretty much all rhema isn't it whenever it's rhema and logos whenever, look, yeah. jesus is a logos in the beginning right. was a logos but the words but it's mean not the, things it's not the written though right no graphe is scripture yeah so the new testament literally when it refers to the word is either talking is either talking about the rhema or the logos the rhema or the logos or what is written because jesus will say it is written and he'll he'll he will say it is graphe it is scripture right but never is. But they script- preface that with it's written. Yeah. Not. So anyways, words mean things and I've been on this kick. And so I just, you know, I, I want to try and help others as I remind myself and encourage myself that the, I, I think the words that we use are, are important. And so if I'm trying to say something or if I mean something, I should be trying to communicate that as accurately as possible. And so what I was saying was, and I understand that it's all in the heart and God knows what they mean and this kind of thing. But my prayer life changed when I began actually listening to the words that were coming out of my mouth as I was praying. Mm -hmm. And Chris, Mm -hmm. we talked about this earlier about like, we catch Christianese. We, we catch words and phrases within the Christian world. That's Generally, what we so make fun of a lot of on this show. Yeah, yeah. And so, so one of <laughs> my sure. questions. Yeah, totally. So one of my questions was, you know, it. When did you start at? When did you start saying this phrase? Is it something that you just picked up along the way? Is it religion that you've picked up? Because we've picked up religion. There's jargon. There's verbiage. If you can just think right off the top of your head, um, something that you guys say on the work site when you're cutting trees. Headache. Headache. What does that mean? It means something's coming down, so get out the way. Okay. So that word means something in com- in that context, mm-hmm. but when I thought of it, it didn't really mean that, right? Right. So you picked that up on the job site, so people start saying, headache, or whatever. Or, you know, you what do you, you guys say something about when it's like going to be a hard job and it's going to go down? I can't remember what, she's, what you right. call it. I probably can't. Anyways. Say no, but that there, on this show. going to be a hard wood day. <clears throat> what, there's, what are you talking about? There's just jargon. Hard day? Yeah. It's like, what do we say? We're going to go ham? So yeah. if people hung out with us on the podcast, the they'd longer start, they, they'd pick it up, they'd, they'd start, start saying, things. we're going to go ham. Mm-hmm. And then they would just be like, yeah, we're going to go ham. Well, where do you say that? What does that mean? What? I don't know what ham, we just ham. You know, we talk about ham hocks and ham and lamb, bing bang and hamlet. <laughs> ham chops. Shit, ham, you know, Christmas ham. Christmas ham. ham. Well, do you even know what H-A-M, the acronym means? So it means hard as a mug. <laughs> what? But it actually no, means no, hard know. as a mother. Right? Yeah, right. So that's yeah, where yeah. it came from. We're we're going to harden the paint, whatever. So it has a it has Say a hap instead. It has it it originated from somewhere, but you don't even really know what it means. You don't really know what you're saying. You're just saying it. And I think in Christianity we pick up phrases. And so th- th- listen how people pray, and it's like Father God, just Father God. Would you just Father God? Yeah, that's a big Father one. God. Yeah, and so what what we're talking about is we pick these things up, and we don't really understand where it's coming from, and so. I started listening to the things that I was praying and it actually said a lot about what I really believed. Mm. And so I have changed my prayer, not to Lord, get me out of the way, but father, I want to partner with what you have for me. And it just has changed my mind in the way that I pray. So another thing is you can tell a lot about what people believe by the things they say and pray. And so how many times have we prayed Holy spirit come? Oh, Holy Spirit, just come and just be here today and just move. 
Well, I mean, don't you believe that the spirit's with you and don't you believe that God wants to move? So why not just thank him or partner with that and say, father, thank you that your spirit's here. Thank you that your heart is for these people. Thank you that you will move today. And I believe that we're in your will and we, and we say, thank you, father, be glorified in this moment. Rather than asking, will you rather than asking, will you like I, and I was just saying that today I was worshiping. So I, I guess I was thinking about if you are praying for something and you, you only need to pray for it one time, you know what I mean? If you've, right. unless if you've received an answer, you know, but if you've received an answer or a word from him or a promise from him, and yet you keep praying for the same thing, you know what I mean? You're like moving into not necessarily sin, but if you've received an answer in any way, shape or form, you should be worshiping, for there's a, there's worshiping a, rather than and asking for the same thing over and over him. again, because it's yeah. worship. Hey, look, he gave me an answer. I'm going to continue to worship. So, so imagine if you started off, if they, someone started off a church service and instead of saying, Oh father, we're just so, we so thank grateful. you God that you're here. We, we're just so grateful to be right. here together. And we just pray that your Holy spirit would fall and that you would just come and touch the hearts of people. No, I mean, can you imagine, check this out. Words create worlds, right? The father spoke, he commands, he commands, he spoke. There's power of life and death in words. We can create life with our words. The father said, let there be light. Let there be. It was definitive. It was a command. It stemmed from his will. Scripture says that who can know the thoughts of God or who can know the thoughts of a man except for the spirit of man who can know the thoughts of God. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We can connect to the will of the father. We can know what he desires. And then we can just partner with that and manifest that into earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is an established will. We don't have to pray and guess and wonder, well, if it's your will today that you touch somebody's heart, well, we just thank you that you're going to do that and just move us out of the way. The will, when we, I mean, how, when we go to, when we gravitate towards saying things like that, it's because we don't really trust them to do what we, I think we don't. It's absolutely, well, it's probably just not your will. You know what I mean? But uh, man, can you imagine if, if in the scripture it said, it's always separated the, the light from the dark and he and he said uh you know may, maybe light will show up if it, you know just whatever do i think so, i saying? think a lot of this has to do with like weird christian culture like there's a weird culture that exists within christianity there's just like some phrases and things that people say and this kind of goes along with what you were just saying like a lot of times the whole father god thing is a perfect perfect thing uh i remember I grew up in in a church where uh, I was kind of involved. My dad in the men's ministry, he was very involved. They had to have like these men's breakfasts. It was really cool. I'm not knocking it. It was a cool thing to be a part of. But all of the men, maybe I was in fifth grade, sixth grade when I was going to these things. And uh, they would all pray Father God. Like they'd say Father God 20 times in a prayer. And then wouldn't you know it within, you know, a month of being around that father, God started leaking and seeping into my prayers and yeah. just these little things. And so I told Jason today, like sometimes are you talking about, you talking about when they go, father, God, thank you. Father, father God, God I just thank you so much for everything father. that you do. And father, God, father, yeah. God, you are so good. And it's just, it's like <laughs> after yeah, it's every like sentence, words. yeah, it's, it's like this stuff, this fluff and it, but I think a lot of that has to do with it's like caught, you know, you've can heard you the phrase, like it has to do what do you with, need? can you turn my headphones yeah. down? It has to do with, uh, what's caught, rather than what's taught. And so I think a lot of this has to do with like pastors, teachers, leaders, small group leaders, other people that you're around, 
you hear them say these things over and over and over again. And so they kind of just get ingrained in us to become these filler words. Like I was telling Jason today, I was listening to some, uh, a guy on my Facebook page and he was talking about spiritual things, but once I really backed away and like started trying to think about what he was saying, he really wasn't saying anything. Right. Like it was a lot of just like Christian fluff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but there was no context. There's there was no, lot of it. there was no depth. It was like, okay, you're saying stuff. It all sounds good. It's all sounds super spiritual, but there's nothing there. Not really saying anything, there, which is sometimes how I feel like our prayers are. Yeah. Like we're kind of taught to pray that way. Like things that sound really pretty and really like, I don't know, hyper spiritual. I, I get it. And it makes me wonder sometimes. And I, I know it sounds like we're making fun of or going hard against or whatever, but really my, my heart is to encourage people to really check their heart. (laughs) I know that it's like, check your heart, bro. But I don't know. So why is this a problem? Why is, why is this a problem that stuff like this exists? And the stuff is like, well, well my question was, and, and you, because it's, it's, you hate to it's question. indicative of a shot of shallowness, man. Well, what I was going right. to say is like, you, you hate to judge people's hearts, but like, why are you praying what you're praying? Like when you pray in a group, are you really focusing on the father or are you, you are praying in such a way that you are aware that there are other people listening. Yeah. And oftentimes I pray in such a way that I like, I'm looking for the amens in the room. Right. Yeah. Right? Like I want to say something that's going to provoke an amen. And it's just like, am I, am I praying to like teach something or like, what, what am I doing? You know, what's yeah, really you know, interesting. I wonder if you take someone that's maybe hyper father God or hyper, these phrases in their private prayer life. Do they pray that way? Probably not. Is it the same thing? And I feel it. And I'll tell you for me, like I, I feel very uncomfortable when I'm praying in front of people yeah. or in groups, mm-hmm. I'm just like this. If for me, should we, it feels strange. Should we pray out loud? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. You know, uh, this is a real question. I don't like, know. There, I, I believe, is I believe there a purpose there to things, it outside I, I of like, that there are things that we can agree on, you know, praying with another person that you, so that you can agree and what's agreed upon here will be agreed upon in heaven. You know, things like that. But isn't that just prophesying? Mm, I mean, yeah, but no, I, I really, I, I believe in the power of prayer with another person. I really do. Okay. But, yeah, but yeah. when we're talking about in the larger group context, right? you know what I mean? Like small group, like, Hey, everybody go around the room and you know, and you say a prayer like, or something like that. That's yeah. not how I get down. You know, yeah, Mike's leading prayer today, you know, that, that whole type of thing. Now Mike's got to lead yeah. a prayer in front of 10 people. No, because I understand what you're saying though. Like, and oftentimes I think it is like a, a measuring contest you mm-hmm. know, at, at some point right, because right, we're right. ultra competitive as human beings and especially in this culture, you know, and we, and just like Jason said, we are doing things for, for the amens. And I think it's a subconscious thing. Mm. I really do. Yeah, like no one's really like trying to go up there like, Oh, watch this shit that I'm about to do. Like I'm about to drop this, like, <laughs> but, to, it, but it just, the fire down. it just, but it just kind of happens. But we for are a lot of people. There's this self, hyper awareness. Yeah. But we're self-conscious in so many ways. Why would it not be about our prayers in front of other people? You know? I mean, that's an, in, like, if you think about it, that is an intimate it's thing. Psych, it's psycho, it's psychology too. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, right. You're right. You're right, man. It isn't, I, man, I'd rather pray alone, you know, but so it I mean, is there, good. Go ahead. I was, I was just saying it is good though. It's encouraging. You know, like I just told you guys, or I just told you yesterday, I was, I, you know, I went and hung out with Matt Penner 
and he prayed over me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it, but he, also, but within the context of that prayer, he was also prophesying. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's like, it's a yeah. different kind of prayer. Yeah. I think so too. But get what that is though. Think about that. If he was prophesying. And so if we just look at scripture and we talked about prophecy last week or the week before, but if it's expressing the heart and the mind of God in that moment, there's not a Matthew Penner wondering what the will of the father is for you. And then asking that maybe that would come to pass. Right, no, we, he's talking to the father and then the father's impressing things on his heart. And as he's praying, he's also speaking over you what the father's actually saying and doing or wanting to do in your life in that moment to encourage you and build you up. Right. But it was all, it wasn't, it wasn't just prophecy. It was also, he had a word for me. He didn't know it. You know what I mean? But we were, we were literally, and we weren't, this is what was interesting to me. Cause this is the way that I pray too. I pray with my eyes open, you know what I mean? And I pray looking around and he was doing the same thing. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. he, we don't, we weren't like heads bowed and every eye closed. It was yeah. like, our eyes are open. We're, we're aware of what's going on. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like, I'm just saying it was a good, that to me is a good, yeah. Prayer system, I guess you want to say, but not, mm-hmm. it wasn't a system at all. <clears throat> yeah. And so that comparatively to, and because there was no ego there either, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There was no cons. I didn't want to pray awesome in front of Matt, although he's an amazing you know? person that, you know, that prays. he, I mean, he just moves stuff, but I'm saying there's just no ego there. And so there was a lot of agreement. And so that was powerful as opposed to like you said, which, which I don't know why that struck a chord with me, but it did, which is, which is I'm praying for the amens, man. I'm praying yeah. for the fire. Yeah. Dude, you know what? Yeah. There's another thing that's similar like this and it's like group Bible studies. Like if you go to a group Bible study, you've ever been there and you got like, all right, this is the kind of Bible study that's like, we're going to talk and discuss this passage or this thing. There's kind of this same kind of thing to where it's like, Who's going to drop it's, the bigger bomb, that, like the bigger knowledge thing, exactly, the nugget, like the, who's going to make the connection that hasn't been made here yet right. in reading the and story of the is, woman at the well. And it is a competition. If you think about it, it, it is in, in, in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of ego and a lot of so cause there's, there's lacking in humanity. And I'm not saying every Bible study is like that, but I'm yeah. saying more often than not, you can go there and just like you said, you know, cause I catch, I know for me, I caught myself doing that kind of thing, you know, or I'll listen to Jason, you know what I mean? Because he's got a gift of teaching, you know? what I mean? And so we're all expecting these different things, but wanting to be like, I've caught myself being like, man, I wish I could teach like that. You know what I mean? Like, because again, not, not necessarily that I'm in competition with him, but the ego is like, so like we want, um, just that affirmation, I guess, you know what I mean? Which is not necessarily a bad thing to say affirming words to people and to be affirmative, you know what I mean? But to, but to crave that and desire that you know, I think isn't necessarily wrong. I think the mind is just askew a little, you know, or the spirit's not right in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I looked, I mean, I, I was immediately drawn to knowing that there were times that Jesus prayed in public. I mean, here's one where it said at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, father, Lord of heaven and earth. And actually you could question whether or not this was a prayer or not. He just began to say, I praise you, father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. And he he made a statement of praise based on knowing the will of the Father and then having seen it come forth and then praising him that his will was done on earth. Or when the disciples were in the upper room praying together or when they prayed Peter out of jail. You know what I mean? Like there was purpose. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a, de- a designated purpose that they were all praying for and agreeing. Upon, yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's just interesting. The filler so, though, I so think the is ch- what this goes back to like a purposeless filler, <laughs> you know, just yeah. to well, fill in the gaps because we're uncomfortable with silence. Well, you know, it's like, what? I'm just even thinking back to the times, like, cause I prayed that prayer, yeah. Jason, like you're on stage and you're getting ready to preach and you're like it good intentioned, like meaning it. Hey God, I, I, and essentially what I was saying in those moments when I think a lot of people are saying is like, Hey, I really only want to speak what you want me to speak. But why does that need to be said out loud? Like, why does that even the two minute thing even need to happen? Because in, at because the beginning of a made, service, we have made services. Like this is the weird church culture this, stuff this, that I'm talking that's about. Because it is weird. Because I don't think it's we've made church services into something they're not supposed to be. And see, but then that and so that we're ends doing, up doing things that we're not supposed to be doing. That ends up, you know, that ends to up accomplish something that showing you know. and teaching things that maybe someone doesn't even realize that they're teaching, like. Maybe the better, and this is just, you know, kind of, we've had, we've talked about this phrase this season, a better Better way, way. you know, maybe instead of someone doing that out loud, because at that point, the only thing that you're really communicating to the other people in the room is like, Hey, I don't want this to be about me, but yeah, then it kind of is because then it's kind of like, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being salty, but then it's just like, literally even acknowledging what you just said that this isn't about me means that you are making it about you. Yes. Yes, exactly. Even saying that. So does it need to even, or should it just happen backstage? Like, Hey God, I want to partner with you. Like that's the phrase. It's not move me out of the way. And again, we get semantics, but it's like just partnering. It it, it just, it changes. There's this weird culture around prayer too. Out loud, like praying so, out loud in, in groups. We've been hitting on this, but so so here's here's how my my prayer changed before because when I was like a pastor or whatever, and I had to preach or whatever, I had to preach every Sunday. When I preached every Sunday, and I'm I'm talking about even just when we were the source Wichita and, and I was taking on that role, you know, there would be times where I would like be on my knees, like behind stage, and like just crying out to the Lord and feeling terrible about my sin and feeling unworthy and condemned. And I'm a piece of crap and I don't deserve to be up here. And so begging God, God, would you just use me and, and just do whatever you want to do and get me out of the way. And, you know, I just, whatever, you know, and just crying out to the Lord and, and essentially begging him to still move through me. Cause I was, I thought I was such an utter piece of crap human and crap Christian. Yeah. So that's how I used to go, go out on the stage. Like, you know, man, I don't deserve to be here. I'm unworthy. I don't but think here I am. I don't think that that's a bad place to be. I think that that just means that you are cognizantly aware of your flesh and that that's, that's a, that uh, to me anyway, that's like a sign I, that you've had God's light shown, showing you how, well, let what, me tell you how my, how disgusting your flesh is. Well, let me tell you how my prayer has changed. Here's how my prayer has changed. Number one, and I think I've told you this before, but there was a time where I was like groveling at the throne to the father. And he basically told me, it's time you stop coming in here, focusing on what you've done or haven't done and start focusing on what he's done. And so he's saying, when you come in here, it's not about you. It's not about your brokenness. It's not about you being a piece of crap or missing the mark or being unworthy or whatever. It's that Christ has made you worthy. And when you come in, you come covered robed, clothed in Christ and you're my son and I love you and I'm well pleased with you as, as he is. So are we is what scripture says. So then when I'm on stage or 
behind stage about to go teach something, my prayer goes like this, Father, I thank you that you've gifted me by your spirit to teach and encourage the body. And I partner with what you want to do tonight. Lead me and guide me. Amen. Because I believe he'll lead me and guide me. I believe I'm his. I believe the spirit's in me. I believe I've been gifted. And so I walk out in confidence now, not in me, but in him through me because he's he's shown me time and time again that he uses me no matter how much a piece of crap I am off stage. And so completely different mentality. Mm. I can keep groveling or I can say, I know that you've called me to do this because I know that he has, but I know it's a gifting. I know it's his spirit. And so I go out there and I'm like, his spirit, his will be done. What a distraction. I think that's growth though, man. Like again, you see, you see from here to here. And I think a lot of people experience it. And that is, listen, if you are convicted of your sin, if you are convicted of, of how disgusted you feel with yourself, I think that's a good place to be because the flesh is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It's a horrific thing in the sight of, in the sight of God. Right. You know what I mean? But that, that's a, that's the, that's a revelatory period where sure. God's light is literally shining on the dark places of your life. And I and went you through grow that. from right. there because yeah. you finally realized what it is. Right. I went you through know, that. But you cannot have the understanding and the realize realization without of who having, you are to him yeah. without having been. Having passed through that. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it wasn't I, like you were wrong in that moment. It was just God's light shining well, on and you were... He didn't let me stay there though. Exactly. But are we supposed to is what I wonder just because I think that it's said so often in so many circles and beat into people's heads basically at what a dirty, filthy piece of shit dirty rotten scoundrel you sinner it's, they are it's beat into their heads in a wrong way okay we're talking we're we're make we're trying to make people feel like absolute dog crap about themselves so that we can like so that we can with our agenda press Jesus into their minds so we have to prerequisite that but when god does it and we're talking about flesh not the person is in general we're talking so about the flesh the that exists the outer man separate. so you've got so you've got the inner spirit right you've got the outer man right the soul mm-hmm. spirit, you know which constitutes the mind all of that stuff yeah, yeah, and you have the outer man yeah. right and this was one of the most profound things that watchmen reading Watchman Nee, he was talking about the seed has to die so that it can, so that it can uh, multiply. He said, it's not a question of whether there's life inside of the seed. It's a matter of whether the shell has been broken because the inside cannot get out unless that outer part of you has been broken, absolutely Mm -hmm. decimated. And it needs to be, and it is a horrific thing. It absolutely is. You know what I mean? And I know, I know for me, because, because we're so deceived about that specific issue, you know, but I'm not telling people that they're a piece of crap, but if God is dealing right. with you on your flesh, yeah. if he's, because I came to the point in realizing where he, no matter what we think about it, he does order our external circumstances for his, for his glory and to accomplish his purpose. And yes, he does do dark things in our life or bring about or allow those things to be in our, Let's say if, allow. If, it, if it constitutes breaking our outer man. You know what I mean? Then, then yes, he's going to do it. He's right. accomplishing a work because that has to be absolutely dominated. But God's light shining, right? Not man's light. When we look at it, we like introspection. Did you know that introspection is nowhere in the Bible, a Christian mandate? Mm-hmm. Introspection is not like, like, like looking, like within. looking within because strict with our understanding, again, with what I just said to you earlier, because our heart is so desperately twisted that our introspection, our light shining into it, 
we're still we skewed, no, yeah, right? right? So when yeah. God's light shines on something, you are laid, you are laid bare before the Lord, right? But when his light shines on you, you're, you're laid bare before yourself. And yeah. that's a disgusting place to be, but that's not a bad place to be. That's, that means that God is working and that those things that he is showing and revealing to you. And now I understand what you're saying, but we shouldn't be identifying people as that. Right. But if the Lord is dealing with that, that's a good place to be. Yeah. And if I think if that's, and those are two totally different, they're two totally different places to be you, where you have one where man is putting man in this position every Correct. week and then right. God's putting it. And then, it, and then it's, I mean? it's mindsets that we get into to where it's like, where you, for instance, if you're <clears throat> on stage or me or anyone's getting ready to walk out on stage and preach or, or teach or whatever. We're positioning ourselves in this place where we go, Oh my God, I'm not worthy. Just get me out of the way. It's like, it's, it's a, it's how we view ourselves. And if that thought process exists day in and day out week after week, I don't think that's of God, man. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I guess it depends. And I on, guess it depends. It does depend on the circumstance, but it's like the narrative that exists. It's not one of, that's bringing hope in, in, uh, in like a gust of wind to carry you on to the next phase of this. It's like one that keeps you down, but there is, and keeps you in there this, is this process. Place. There is process of weeping for your sin. Now, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'll go rounds about this, man, because I'm, I've been in this process for a very long time, right. but it's a good process. You know what I mean? For me, like understanding, like I, we're like, oh man, God loves you. You're not a piece of garbage. Absolutely. I was, I was a garbage, I was a garbage ass Christian. I was a garbage husband. I was a garbage father in a lot of ways. Like that's truth. You know what I mean? And say, oh no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. But in that repenting process, seeing that weeping night after night after night over that, that's repentance, man. You know what I mean? And that's a process. I can't just say, oh, well, it's all good because God loves me. That's, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. I I think you're describing though. I mean, would you say that you're in the, at that point you're in the tomb? Like you're, you're, or you're going through or you're, because I think that there's, there's this, what you went through in that moment. I think we're describing two different circumstances. I would say so. There's the one that exists that breaks the seed outer shell like you're talking about. And I think that that is one that's brought on by God. And that's one that's who knows how long that process and that journey is going to be. But then there's this other mindset that I think that can exist within people when it's this narrative that exists. It's like a if you've ever heard like a, a broken record or just looping, looping, looping. Right. And, and I so, get, I guess for me, what I was, what I'm thinking about is like telling people it's okay. You don't have to feel like that. And right. I'm not going to tell people not well, to feel like that. Well, I'm not going to tell people not to feel like that, but there's also a truth that exists, right? So you look Correct. at me in those moments, Correct. there's a truth that exists about the way the father views me. Right. And I, at some point I was going to step into that at truth. At some point. Yes. At some point. Right. But what I'm saying is. Again, and this is where I'm encouraging people, think about the things that you're praying. Yeah. And what does that say about what you believe versus what the truth of the reality is? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, the healing is going to come. At some point, the light's going to shine through and break through and should. Correct. Right. But again, you're right. It's process. I'm not saying that just because I'm telling somebody right now means that it's going to have to happen tomorrow. But let me give you a scripture real quick. Second Corinthians seven ten. 
Godly sorrow brings repentance that right. leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Right. But worldly sorrow brings death. Right. So there are two kinds of sorrows, what we're talking about. Okay, there there's a sorrow that's a godly sorrow that's leading you through repentance. But then there's a worldly sorrow that brings death. And the worldly sorrow that brings death are the people who are constantly under the law of not living up to it. Right. Based on that external it's a pressure. Yoke. It's a yoke. To live up to a certain expectation. And so I think what I endured a lot of times as a pastor is that I saw what other pastors looked like and sounded like. Right. And I knew that I didn't look or sound like that. And so then I beat myself up for it. And so I was completely missing the identity that the father had given me because I was looking at what it looked like on others and seeing that I didn't measure up. The which narrative was, law, is, was which also was different too. Sorrow. Like you have the narrative of, Oh God, if, if only people knew my sin, maybe God would stop using me. Maybe he's not going to work through me because of the sin that I have in this moment. And so it's just this, it's this different thing. Do you remember Scott Crenshaw? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever, ever hear his, uh, he's a preacher back in Texas. I loved him, man. Yeah. He was Uh, a good one. He, he had this bit where he talked about, I call it a bit. It's not a bit, (laughs) but it's just like a, a sermon comedian or something. (laughs) Do you remember when he talked about grave clothes? Did you ever hear him talk about grave clothes? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got this idea that, you know, God's calling Lazarus out of the tomb and he's got these grave clothes on, you know, he's covered in, he's wrapped up and whatever the grave clothes are in the, in the cloth and stuff. He gets out of these grave clothes. Jesus calls him out. And then there are times where we go back into the grave and put on those grave clothes when it's like, no, nah, no, nah, you no no, no, Laz, no, don't wear those clothes. Don't yeah. put on those or, grave clothes. Or, or they had, I've called tr- you out of that. You have this robe or over that, here or that stone had not been rolled away yet. And they thought that it was right. You know what I mean, but they, I'm talking about when God has, I mean, the, the, it's been clear. It's like, Hey, and it's this identity thing. It's, it's this an identity. identity. I think, I think mindset. When it, I think that when it becomes clear, there is no going back there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe that there is no, like, I mean, yeah, you can digress and kind of fall to the side, I guess, but I don't think you'll go back. Once God's light in that situation or that revelatory thing comes and he says it's rolled away, I don't think there is going to be any more going back into the right. tomb. You know what I mean? I think you're set free, period. But you know, I, just like, just like with the alcohol thing that we talked about, right? you know, oh yeah, I can't tell you how many times I'll pray with Jason or pray with you or pray with somebody. We'll be like, oh, this is the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Though this is it. No, I'm really delivered. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact of the matter is that I hadn't been delivered, but I had deceived myself into thinking that I was delivered. Mm. You know what I mean? So again, but the revelation came, right? The truth, the true revelation came and there is no going back after that. Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not trying to be argumentative. With no, 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 I, no. And that. I like this. I like this because we are, I, I really do think we are describing two different things. It is, is what it is. I mean, this verse or these two different positions that you can be in. And I like that you're bringing I, this, this I'm, aspect of it because I'm with you. I'm with is, you on you. You should not be, if you're feeling condemnation, right. Yeah. Right. That's worldly. And that's right. It's Satan. Yes. Right. Yes. But exactly. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to for one second, about. tell somebody not to feel bad for what they've done. You right. Know? Well, can, like you a, should feel bad. A, like he, just that verse. So what's he's the like, difference? man, weep and wail. He's like, man, right. let there be tears. Let there, let the laughing. What's cease, the difference you know between I mean? conviction and condemnation? Oh, I actually, okay. I got something. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to flip this. So what if someone has experienced freedom, all right, and then they hear your words that says, nah, you should feel bad. And someone goes, well, wait a minute. 
I don't feel bad. Maybe I, maybe I should feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think a mature Christian will hear what I'm saying and be like, yeah. Right. So it's, but not everyone. And so let me, let me just say this. And I'm not trying to paint you as the bad. It could have been anybody, you know, that would, that would, that would say that. We're having a conversation. This is what it's supposed to be. Right. I mean, this is what like talking with your brothers over an issue is supposed to look like. Right. Right. I mean, and I think it's an issue of maturity. And like I said, you can tell what somebody believes by what they pray. Right. And the encouragement is, and here's, here's what I'm passionate about is, are, is somebody in that place because they've never been told otherwise? You know what I mean? Because we, we might, there are some people who sit under teachings of, right. it's just repenting your sin and your terror. I mean, it, right. and which those yeah. things are good, but there has to be a point of maturity. And let me just say, it's not bad to be immature. We all go right. through process. You can't be a teenager when you're a baby. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But case in point for that, you know what I mean? Like remember recently, actually I've been hearing that a lot recently, you know, especially like through your wife and, and other people like, man, like God loves you. Casey. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like God has really put it on their heart to say that to me and I don't feel that yeah. at all. Right. You know? And so just like you're saying, is there, is there one of those things where you, people literally have not seen it, mm-hmm. you know? And cause you're right. Cause I, and the difference between condemnation and conviction, you know, for me, like I can tell, I can tell because there's two sides to it. Like when I start thinking like, man, you deserve this, right? This is what yeah. you, she deserves better. You know yeah, what I mean? Like right. your son deserves somebody else. You know what I mean? Like when I, when I start thinking about what I do and do not deserve, well, and I know I'm wrong, you know what I mean? Like that's condemnation. Mm. Conviction, mm. conviction is really is really like a different thing. Okay. Hey, yeah, this, this is happening, but man, God's doing something like when Jason was talking to me the other day, he's like, man, the words that you speak about what happened to you, it was necessary for God to do this. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that's a conviction thing to me. Like it was necessary that this happened. But when I start thinking, like I said, you deserve this punishment like, y- punishment yeah. yeah and yes and even yes. when we put that on other people man because this world is not cool and christians aren't cool either man right. i don't care what anybody says you know punishment as opposed to discipline right when Two, i want to when i want to punish somebody exactly when i want to punish somebody i go out of my way to make sure that that person suffers when somebody's being disciplined you can tell it's just different. It's a heart behind well, it's it. It's for the know. purpose of correction. correction. It's for the purpose of righteousness. So when you, when you read in Hebrews and it talks about the Lord disciplines, those he loves. Mm, exactly. So there's two verses and I taught on this a while back. So it's fresh on my mind. In first John, it talks about um, perfect love, cast out fear for fear has to do with punishment. Right. And so the love perfected in us brings us to a point to, we're not fearful of judgment right? because judgment has to do with punishment. Correct. And so perfect love casts out all fear. Fear has to do with punishment. So Jesus was punished for our sins. What mm-hmm. the scripture says, he, he took that punishment. He took that wrath, whatever. And I don't know what your view on atonement is, but not that. <laughs> so, so basically there's no punishment for our sin because we're, we're forgiven. We're loved. We're sons and the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so as sons, Right. We're sons of the father. If you're not disciplined, you're an illegitimate son. Right. And so we're disciplined. And it says that the discipline at the time isn't pleasant. Mm -hmm. However, it yields a harvest of righteousness Righteousness for those who have been trained trained by it. it. So 
when we sin or we're out of line or we do something wrong, the father loves us to discipline us. That brings us to correction. It doesn't bring us to condemnation and punishment. punishment. Right. And so there's no, essentially no harm to be done. Now there are consequences, mm-hmm. but the consequences aren't of the father. The consequences are of the world and the society that we exist with. Right. And so like, if you think about the story of the prodigal son, what was his consequence of his sin? Well, he ended up broke and hungry and starving, feeding pigs without money. That was his consequence of his action. What was his punishment for his action? There was no punishment. Right. He comes back to the father. What was his punishment? It was a robe, robe and a ring, robe and a ring and sandals and a fat. Right. And this is like where the, where it says like, man, it's the goodness of the Lord that causes causes men's hearts to to repent. repent. And yet we want to make people repent by punishing them, by judging them, punishing them. Yeah. What is that crap? It's not, not of the Lord. It's not of the Lord. So then when we try and like, what, what, what about us using? I'm really confused. Okay. Okay. So, and I just got a lot swirling around in my head. Good. And some of this has to go back to like, so like what Sam said last week about what good is it? What good does striving to stop sinning do? Mm-hmm. The only good, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but what it's good for is realizing that it's, it's not, not good. It's, there's no it power. Right. There's, there's no, no power, power in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sh- should we feel bad for sinning? I, I said this a couple of, uh, I said this a couple of episodes ago, but because of me knowing who I am now as a son, I did identity dictates whether or not I feel bad for what I do. And so, no, I'm not talking about like, you mean not caring? No, I'm no, not no. talking about not, not caring. It's not that a you not sin, caring, but like, I don't feel bad in the way of, in the way of condemnation. Can you describe anymore? how you would feel pre where coming into this identity? Like, yeah. So let's just talk about it. Like, you know, porn and lust or whatever. Um, constantly, constantly praying, crying out to father, change my heart. Like what, even wanting to feel sorrow for my sin. Like I'm supposed to be sorrowful for my sin. The scripture says, like weeping mourning. well, like I'm trying to force weeping and welling over my sin, you know? And, but I do feel bad. And most of the time I felt bad because I don't want to get caught. Like I was afraid of being caught. But there was also like a desire. Like I think there was a desire to be different. Yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. There was a desire to be different, but there was like constant condemnation. And I would just like hate myself and be in a depression and, and all of those feelings would perpetuate my behavior. It would lead you right back to it. It would lead me right back to it. Addiction. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. It's like this, this cycle. so, So even Go, sorry, so, so I lived in this perpetual state of guilt and shame and condemnation, guilt, shame, condemnation, and all the guilt and shame and condemnation would cause me to go consume, whether with my eyes or my mouth or my ears or my hands or whatever, like, like I'm trying to stimulate my pleasure center, however I can, right. because I feel terrible for doing these things or whatever. And I just got caught up in this perpetual act. Right. And what has changed is my understanding of my identity in Christ and what I believe about what he's doing in my life and where he's taking me. And so what happened was the weight of change came off of me and I began to rely on him for change. Mm. And so I wasn't trying to work for righteousness, which is what happens when we get 
like we're trying to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right. I started trying to work for that. And then I just realized, look again, the identity is so easy, but I'm his, his spirits in me. He is going to conform me to the likeness of the son. I'm in process and I'm in this process for a lifetime. And so there is a way that he sees the father sees us in Christ. He doesn't see me as the way that we see as the way that we see ourselves. And so if I know, number one, this, this scripture has to do with judgment, right? Saying like, for we can be confident on the day of judgment, Mm. perfect love casts out all fear. So if I consider standing in front of the throne on judgment day, standing in line and we're all like, you know, are we like, Oh shit, what's going to happen, man? Did you do enough? Good. Did I do enough? Good. I'm not thinking about my works. None of my works matter. I did not work my way to righteousness. I'm standing in line saying I'm here with Jesus. Mm -hmm. What he did, you know, what do you have to say for yourself? What he did? Well, what did you do? What he did? Mm -hmm. He, his is mine. He did it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's nothing I can say or do that's going to make me righteous there's before nothing, there's the throne. Nothing, there's nothing you can do to, to, to gain more no, righteousness. No. And there's nothing you can Dude, do to fall, fall out of that. Right. So it, it works, it works on both ends. You, there's nothing you can, you cannot do enough right to be any, he, any more righteous than you are right now. And you can, there is no wrong that you he can atoned that takes, for all of the exactly. sins for all time. He either did it all or he didn't this do it is at the all. Gospel, you know? This is the gospel. That the father is reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. He does not count my sin against me. So if I feel bad for my sin, I'm not feeling condemnation. I'm feeling conviction, which means the father wants to do a work in me right. to discipline me unto righteousness. Right. And so I don't have to be afraid that if, if I get caught, I'm going to be punished. Right. If I get caught, it's for my benefit that the father would discipline me to righteousness. Right. So we don't have to live in fear anymore. I think, and I think for me too, cause when I started the journey, right. Of sobriety, you know, that's post freedom, you know, or sorry, pre-freedom, you know, when you're actually like, like things are changing, you know, like I've stumbled, you know, I'm not, there's no, there's no way I'm going to lie about that. We all stumble. You know we all I mean? sin. But it was different than how it was when I was, because the condemnation and the conviction, two separate things. When I stumbled, I was like, man, that's not me. Yeah. Period, right. That's period. Not me. But I'm not going to be like, you know, and the, and in the, in the circles, like, you know, with uh, AA, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, when you go to him, you're like, oh, you stumbled. You start back at square one. I didn't I didn't teleport back to there and start at square one. I stumbled. I picked myself up and I'm still just as far still as good. I long yeah. as I was on the journey. You know, I don't start right. all the way over. Yeah. Nope, Dude, I stumbled. Yeah. I'm still going. I don't start back right. at start. You know, yeah. I, so this idea, you know, you know, honestly, this idea of a Christian backsliding, I think it's funny because if you are a Christian and you are. A, a child of God, which scripture says to those who believe he gave the right to become children of God. So if you believe, and now you're a child of God, you start an infant and right. infants fall a million times and they get stand up and they keep walking and they scrape their knees and they break their legs and they hurt themselves and they get up and they keep maturing and they keep maturing. And the parent understands that as a child grows and matures, that is part of the process right. and they have to fall forward. They have to fail forward 
They have to grow forward. Mm -hmm. And so if a Christian is backsliding and falling back into old habits, they're actually moving forward in their journey. Still. Still. There's no going backwards. Maybe they went back to an action, but as a child of God, they are still maturing because guess what? It's part of the process. Yeah. So, and if they're the, yeah, go ahead. Well, this just brings me back to what I originally said. Should Christians feel bad bad. about sinning? I think that that's a natural thing of sinning. (laughs) Yeah, you feel bad about it. Should we? But the way that you handle it is different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, feel bad. Okay, okay, okay. So do something different about it. You know? (laughs) Well, okay, but it's not just, it's not do something different about it. I think we're presented with a choice when we sin. Literally, there's like a fork in the road. You go left or you go right. Like, okay, I've done the deed. I've sinned. I've done this thing. Either I can stay and I can ruminate over this thing. Hmm. I can just chew like a cow chewing on its cud just (laughs) over and over and over and over again. Or I can step into what I already know is true and know that God isn't like, I'm going to step into this forgiveness. Yeah. It's this whole idea yeah. of asking for forgiveness versus like, I've, I've stopped got, asking for, I don't ask for forgiveness. Anymore. I literally, what I do I think is I'm like, Lord, I step into the forgiveness that you've already, that you've already given me. It's already there. I literally posture myself and say, I'm going to accept it and step into it. And keep on sinning. And keep on sinning. <laughs> here's, a good, here's a good question. Here's a good question. Is there a difference between somebody who's in bondage and somebody who is willingly knowing that they are doing the wrong thing and doing it anyway? Yeah. Well, that's uh, a good question. That's a good question. I, I think the, the, the knee jerk is yes, but you could say that that's a part of the bondage. Yeah, I would say it's part of the bondage. Okay. That I would they say just, that they know and they actively. Here's what I would say as there continue to be certain sin that pops up within in our life. And let's say it pops up and we give into it. And then it's like, we feel bad and we ask the Lord to do something different. And we say, okay, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. And then it pops up again and we fall to it again. What about, what about, I know that this is the wrong life altering decision, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Isn't that different than yeah. something keep popping up? And people do that because they have free will, man. Correct. What and, is the? And I think it is possible. For, well, Jesus is going to forgive me, so I can. I'm just. Do it well, anyway. I'm, here's where my mind is at because we're talking about all this stuff, and it's just like. I think as this a culture, fun- as a culture in in the West, <laughs> we can become so sin obsessed, bro. Like just so obsessed to where it is literally at the forefront of every conversation and it's distracting. It's so distracting to be so sin focused. I feel like, and not only distracting, it's like toiling. Like it's like, okay, coming to this revelation that we talked about with Sam last week, literally, I I mean, if anyone was watching, I'm like, my, my jaw has dropped. Like, it's just like, it felt like, like I had some neuro neurons connecting and it was just like, (laughs) wow. But all of my life, I've been so sin focused. So like, I don't want to do this. Lord, help me not do this. Let me strive. Let me continue to toil. Let me live in this space where I'm so focused on this, that it's so distracting for me stepping into anything else because I'm so like over here just existing in this space. And it's almost as if like the image that I have in my mind is God's over here. And he's like, dude, I'm over here. Like you're playing in the trash. Like, yes, you got this stuff going on, but 
I got that. You don't have to live over there. You know, thinking of like when the Lord partners with someone, he doesn't partner with people who are 100% purified and cleansed of everything. No, they are like, if you're looking at that scooper, you know, that we're talking about like when, when the impurities rise up, when, when metals are being purified, Mm -hmm. like there's a bunch of black specks up there that still need to be taken out stuff. That's deep. That still has not been purified, but it doesn't mean that the Lord, like that's going to happen when it's going to happen. The freedom is is what I think. But the the furnace has a lot to do with the sin that's in your life, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You're like, no, it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is like, I I can be, so no 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 what i'm saying is being so focused on it to where it's literally all i'm thinking about that's not good either like if i'm in a relationship with lara and all i'm thinking about is the fights that we have the arguments that we have and lara's like hey you want to go to the park and i'm like oh my god that fight that we had the other day or or oh what if we have a fight (laughs) and it's this and she's like hey we could just go to the park like i'm so focused here on what's going on what could happen what did happen that it's like hey there's still things that we can still be in relationship dude like that's what I'm talking. I'm not yeah, talking about not calling sin sin or not, but it's like this hyper focus on it. I don't think it's healthy. And and it feels like this yoke that we're not meant to live in and to I, focus on. So I agree about the hyper about being hyper, you know, focused on it, but I can't get down with with what? Yeah. yeah. With, with what? what? I think it's a Just good conversation. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Okay, it's that. It, what's different from it's, that? Because it wasn't it, than going it was into my the focus, identity. It was my focus on my sin that that eventually led me to freedom. But I, I think knew you're I was talk, in bondage. So you the way I mean? does the Lord deliver everyone the same way? I believe that the furnace is the furnace, and I believe you're going to experience a little bit of uncomfortability. So let's talk right. about the furnace. Let's talk about this because we're talking about being sin focused, and I think that we can be sin focused in an unhealthy way, and I think we can be sin focused in a way that is it's looking at a very small part of the bigger picture of what the father wants to do in our right. lives. So let's talk about like, let's talk about Shalom. Shalom is peace, which means wholeness, whole and which means whole and perfect, complete, not lacking anything. It's all parts working together in the way that the father has willed and, desi- mm-hmm. and desired. And so what happens is like with my sin, yeah, I was focused on it, but as I would pray, like, Lord, take this away. I'm only looking at one aspect. It's like the, it's like the gold, impure gold going into the fire and then saying only burn off this impurity when there's other impurities within me that I maybe don't even know that's there. And I'm telling the refiner only burn this off. And so I'm saying refiner, burn this impurity off. And he's like, you got all this other crap. I'm putting all of you into the fire, son. I'm sanctifying every part of you, this lust and this porn addiction or you looking up to that for pleasure is only a small part of the work that I'm going to do in you. And so I'm obsessing over the fact that I look at porn and it's the most terrible thing in the world. And the father's saying, you are more than just, there's more work to be done than just fixing this little bit of porn scenario. Mm -hmm. And so where I'm saying, fix this, fix this, fix this. He's saying, you need an entire overhaul. Submit all of yourself to me. There's a greater work to be done. Well, and that's, and that's okay. So that's also interesting that you phrased it that way, because that's even thinking like sometimes, man, I think we put too much weight. Like we put too much value on sin in terms of like 
how focused God is on it. Is sin, is the sin in our life the sole focus that God is focused Those on? Those things, sin, sin again is, is manifestation of what's really going on inside the heart. And God is doing a work in the heart that will in totality lead to, lead you to ultimate purity. Yes. Right. But those things are stemming from self-will, right? Self-emotion, all, all, all self, you know what I mean? And yeah. I do not think that it is a bad thing to say, to, to find it absolutely disgusting to God and to me there, that self rules over the members of my body. It, no, nobody's saying that we shouldn't recognize it as disgusting. I see it as disgusting, but I think we can get so focused. It's like this. Maybe this is a bad example, but let's say I have a vehicle and my vehicle is making a knocking noise as it, as it's driving. And so I go to the mechanic and I say, Hey, my vehicle's making this knocking noise. Can you fix the knocking? And he says, well, I can fix the knocking, but that means that I might have to change all of your, your suspension. And then also there are some other things like your spark plugs and your this, this and that and everything else that needs to be fixed. And I'm like, no, but the knocking is bad. And he's like, you need an overhaul. I get, I get exactly. And so I'm like, but the knocking's terrible. This knocking is so bad. I just need a mechanic who's going to fix the knocking. Right. Again. And we're, we're saying, we're saying fixing, fixing the sin, right. Which is not, the, which is the, the, the real thing okay, is the overhaul question. of the I entirety got question. of it. You know what I mean? What's the point in being disgusted if there's nothing that you can do about it? That's God. a really good question. What do you mean? Like we're talking about, there's no, 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 not understanding. That's about all that we can do is understand. But if I'm looking at sin in my life and if I know that my deeds, my works are powerless and that they will not get rid of that sin, what's the point of it being just like me coming into this place to where I'm just going to live disgusted and over just like when there's nothing I can do when I'm begging, crying out, God, help me with this area. Help me with money laundering. Talking, help me with this. We're talking about partnering, right? With God. We're talking about partnering, but I mean, you can try to partner so how your would whole I know, life. How would I, God. how would I know to, that I need to part, partner with him in this work that he's doing inside of me? If I don't know the gravity of the situation, we're talking about staying there, though. staying like, I'm not like dude, existing. You guys are, I'm not existing in that. I'm saying that, that we are, moving. it was a part of your process. Exactly. Well, it's a part of process. So what we're general. talking about is trying to help people get from get that out place of that, to another place. I'm not telling like, you to stay there, but I am saying that, yes, there's value for your sin. <laughs> okay. There's, but there, yeah, but there's that value. he is absolutely working with, working towards that final goal. Okay. Well, absolutely here, here, working that, the there was, way. I think there was the miscommunication. Well, I was it's just like, stuck on that one thing because I thought that's what we were talking about in totality. No, 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 no. I was like, it's like, no, you're wrong. It's like this. It's like this. Of course, you're going to get to this place to where you realize I don't want to launder money for my company anymore. This is stealing. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not. But I sh- I'm good. not going to focus on it. I'm just going to keep doing it. No. Okay. Then, no, <laughs> no. No. Well, that's really tricky, though. There you go. But I mean, it's this. Yes, you're going to you have to confront it for what it is. Right. But staying there over and over again, it's like, hey, I'm ready to take you on a step B. Or step C, you're still hung up on B, yeah, bro. Like, you, it's time to move heard, on to and C. if you heard me say that, or if you heard me in that light that I was talking about staying there, then no, I, I must have I must have said something wrong. Because right. I'm not. I think, I, I hear you saying I was, it's I a was valuable argue, part of I was, the process. I was, it's we a were valuable discussing part of the that process. one part of the process, because I thought that's what we were talking about. I wasn't right. talking, I wasn't saying there's nothing else past that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was arguing about, about. So for me, maybe then that's where I was, or not maybe, I was stuck in my process going, I was going like, oh man, I should feel bad. Like, but I know that there's nothing that I can do, but I've already felt bad. Right. 
Yeah, so we, we were talking that. about the mechanics of one part of the issue. That's yes. that's why I was stuck on right, I was right. stuck on the on the in, on the in, the system that systematic like what we were feeling and talking about that one specific instance within the within the entirety of the picture as a whole. But you know what's interesting though that. is that I kind of <laughs> I kind of feel like it's a part of the process to stay in the process too long. Like <laughs> yeah. as as, as yeah. silly it's, as that sounds to stay it's just in it. It's different for everybody. I think it is different. Yes. But God God knows when the process is over. Here's man. something that's really interesting. I was talking to Kim about this the other day. Um so we, when do you typically hear First Corinthians thirteen, the love chapter, at a wedding? At a wedding, is the context of the love chapter is that is the scripture saying that this is the love? No, they're describing God. They're describing God's love. Yet when we stand people up and we say this is the love you have for one another, we're actually put if they've not experienced that love from the father, we're setting them up to fail to love each other in that regard. Right. And so we're marrying people who say they know the Lord, but don't, don't actually really understand the, yeah. the love Absolutely. of God and then try and love according to the way the scripture has been presented. That well, they that's should because love. they're trying to love from and affection, I've, not, and, not from actual love. But I've preached love. it too. And so what I was going to say was what happens when a Christian actually when a child of God actually starts to read the love chapter as the father's love for them. Yeah. And it then, changes. and it changes. And then you read things like love holds no record of wrong, except all we do is focus on the record of wrong yep. in our life Absolutely. every single day. And we say, yeah, God loves me. But then we think that he holds record of wrong. And so then what do we do when we pray? We present that record of wrong every time. Because I get that record of wrong out of Dude, my face. Dude, for real. Record of wrong what do we do? What do we do? No, we go to God and we're just like, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I sinned. We just continually present a record of wrong. Well, you know, it's it's like the, you know, we talked about the prodigal son. And, and if you've ever. Why did like this? <laughs> if you've ever messed up before and gone to, gone to your, your father, you know, your earthly father. And you're like, you get the speech, right? Like you have your speech. like Or the spanking. Or, or <laughs> you get ready, but you're like. All right, I'm going to say, here's why I did this. You you rehearsed the whole speech in your head and you're ready to present that speech. And it's like we do that with our record of wrong. Because you're predicating it with excuse. Or or we're we're expecting the freaking hammer to come down on us from God, you know, and it's like we get the speech ready and the prodigal son got the speech ready. He He wasn't even able to give the speech because the the father ran out there. He got the ring. He got the robe. He said, hey, grab the sandals. He threw his arms around him. He said he threw it. You know, we got all this ready. And so he barely even we're we're ready for the spanking when the Lord's wanting to wrap his arms. around. But I guess I still, man, I still maybe I'm in my place, though, man, because I think that people people hearing this will say, well, it's okay that I did what I did. It's okay because he doesn't hold record of wrongs. It's okay that I mess up daily. It's okay that I'm willingly disobeying him because he forgives me anyway. He doesn't receive record of wrong. And I'm saying I don't think that that's okay. And and Paul talks about that. And he says, so should we continue to sin so that grace may abound by no means? Like, I think. There, but that there, is describing the picture of love but, in general. But you there, know what I mean? but there are people love. who, I mean, it, it's a diff, I think it's a different scenario. I don't continue in my sin and think, oh, it's okay because God's going to forgive me. Like I there still, are people that there are literally Christians who think that, it, but there's well, nothing that we could do to change their mind. Yeah, even if we were we to do? say the other way, I'm more concerned. Like I'm more concerned about the Christian who's stuck in this process that we talked about. Like, the Lord's trying to move them into this next step in their process, but they're strapped to the yoke of condemnation. 
And it's God's like, hey, I didn't put that yoke on you, dude. But that's, like, revel- that's revelation from God and God alone, man. Of, you know of course, I mean? yes, of course. We but then there's argue, nothing. We can try to argue it into people's brains all day long. You should be thinking you're a son. You should be thinking you're a son. But ultimately, but, if that's where they're at, that's where they're at, man. And God will reveal that Himself. But so, then God will also, like last week with Sam McVeigh, or two weeks ago, sitting across the table, use someone to like drop a mind bomb on me, yeah, or you know, or to, or to anyone else. So what? I agree. So so what we're talking about right now is this issue of revelation from the father, which comes by the spirit. And Jesus says that when the spirit comes, he'll lead you into all truth. Right. So it's the spirit of God that leads us into truth. So what good is it for us to preach or talk about this stuff? Well, I mean, if we have the spirit inside of us and that, that spirit in connection with the others, like the, the spirit across from me, the, the connected in community, that's, that's unity. Yep. You know what I mean? Gifting is coming forth. Things like that, and so the Lord can speak through people. Of course in He that does. Regard. Of course He does. I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm completely on board with that. But but in terms of per, there, I mean, revelation that you get from other people blowing your mind is different for me, I guess, than than person like directly from the hand of God Himself. Yeah, not for not, sure. Not with not with other people around. Oh, that's that's how it is. And then something well, there, rises up, well, and then actually rev- God Himself, you know, I mean, showing and shedding His light inside yeah. of you. And that's know? and that's when Jesus says, "And they'll know the truth, and the truth and will the set truth them free." Free, baby. And it's you the know. knowing that truth isn't that I just gave you a bit of information that right. is truth universally, right. but it's an experience, an experiential with thing. And I think we're missing experience of I truth. I think that's what we're missing in, in this church, man, or in the church here, dude. Like we're missing experience. You know, I know that I'm missing experience. You know, there's yeah. there's places, man. Like you know, I I don't know about you guys, but growing up, churched like that was a detriment to my walk. You yeah, know? because Religion, you've had to, you've had to unlearn know, a lot of things. Right. You know, it's really funny. uh, a family member recently told me this last Sunday uh, that they were like, Hey, we were going to take your kids to church this Sunday. They had stayed the night with them. We had a wedding and they're like, we're going to take them to church. We think it's really important that your kids should be in church and, uh, and this and this and this. And honestly, it's the best thing you can do for your kids. And they just kind of went on this rant. And I was just like, I just nodded my head, but I was like, literally, do you know how many people who that is messed up? Like, them going into that system like hello you know it yeah. I, I actually don't know that the best thing and honestly i heard not this not this version not this, this expression, expression yes this the expression that they were definitely talking the about Americanized taking church into, is wrong like <laughs> i'm sorry i it's literally totally wrong from this same person's mouth like you know they wanted to talk to my kids about how they're little sinners and how there's a curse on them you know and that and so then my kids are walking around at home saying, we're cursed, we're cursed, we have a curse on us. Now, literally, worlds create <laughs> now words, words create worlds. Now, that's too much. Like, bro, like, I mean? and this but is what I'm talking about. that's not what I'm saying. I know, no, okay. no. Okay, hopefully I, you I don't think no, no, I'm no, no. subscribed oh, to that. Oh, we heard you, bro, we heard you. Oh, you heard it. So, but then, this is what I'm talking about. So, I don't know, man. It's like, is is this expression of the church the best? I, I saw a pastor a, recently talking about there's this. There's a better way. Online, online saying, Hey, here is X, Y, Z reasons why your kids should be in church. It is the best thing for them. And I'm sitting here thinking, nah, actually, as a as a dad, I feel like I'm supposed to protect them and not send them there. Like, (laughs) that sounds bad, but I'm being honest. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I know everything. Now, I will I will tell you this, though, like my heart is warmed whenever Ezra sings like 
you know, songs. He like he for yesterday for some reason he was just like walking around singing in the power or in the power of Jesus' name. Like he was singing some song I'd yeah. never heard, but he was just proclaiming things in the power of Jesus' name. And I was like, yeah. damn son, like yeah. you got more faith than I do. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's beautiful. You're right. It's beautiful. So we can't again throwing the baby out with the bathwater. What's yeah. that baby doing in the bathwater anyways? You know, yeah. but yeah. Okay, well, let's talk we, about, do the we throw, water. do we yeah. throw out the hole or, Tub or yeah. but maybe discerning, not necessarily protecting them from the church. Like, as we understand it, what we're pissed off about, but discerning and being able to guide them it, through that process, just like we discern and guide them through the process of life. I believe that we should pro- we should discern and guide them in the process of the church for sure. Because there is some stuff that's out there, man. It's whack. And we had, a, you, know, you know, and it's it's. I had we had a conversation with them. We're like, hey, listen, don't worry about being cursed. Like <laughs> you're good, <laughs> you're okay. And uh, but let's have a conversation about that. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about sin. We yeah. talked about all this stuff. Where we're like, hey, why'd you talk like, about sin? No, why? I don't know. It didn't even matter. Wow. Like, why? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. You feel better. Yeah, and there. Yeah, it's true though. Because what we're I'm talking sorry, about, Chris. like somebody, no, good, somebody would say, oh, well, I, I heard that Jason doesn't feel bad about his sin anymore, so I'm not going to feel bad about mine. But I'm saying I don't feel condemned. Yeah, I'm not saying there, there's feel, a difference. I'm not saying I don't feel convicted. There's a difference. But now when I feel conviction. I know that it is the Lord wanting to do a work in me. And so then I say, so then I say, so then I say, let's partner partner in that. How are you going to, you know, how are you going to heal me? Right. How how are you going to fix this issue within me? Is what do I need to be doing? Like, Lead me and guide me. Show me. Exactly. But that doesn't negate the doing. There is, there is a part. There's doing. Part, when you partner in the yoke with, with Christ, yeah. another yoke, dude, you're plowing mm-hmm. the field too. Well, yeah. and, you know what and I mean? it's, it's one but thing, it's, it's one way. thing to, but pers- it's, it's one thing for man to, to, to prescribe solutions, uh, for sin to other men. It's one thing for us to try to self prescribe like dude, works. And, and then like you just said, getting it, getting a word from God. Like when God told Kim to eat a specific way right. to do like, eat, there's right. power in that. That's where the, there's power. There, I don't right. know about this power from like, let me strive and let me figure out. And we've even been talking right. about this in our business lately, or just my business. I was talking to Darren and Jason today about like, I'm really, I've been really discouraged. I haven't booked a wedding since January. That's very rare mm-hmm. right now. Like, Dang. but also feeling like, the Lord, like, and so in my mind, I do this. I need to run some ads. I need to do this. I need to strategize. I da 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 da. da. I need yeah. to do this. And then what God is telling me to do is literally like, "Hey, listen, you need to stop striving, dude. Isn't that you need to stop striving?" And I go, "What if I?" He goes, "Nah, stop striving. Well, what about next year? And twenty? We only have X amount of weddings booked for next year. And then the bill. And then this. And and we should have this many booked. And God's like, "Hey, do you bring the work to yourself, right. or do I bring?" It? And so. If someone that, else could say that to me, but then God saying that to me is like, all right, I just, I need that, to sit in that. Isn't that trippy that, you know, there's, there's different, like within the context of different people, like your work versus my work. Right. For me, the more I strive, right. The further I get along in the industry, you know what I mean? Mm. But at the same time, when I strive in that yoke, right. Towards what my goals are for this industry, it actually empowers me and energizes me. You know what I mean? So isn't that crazy that you're like, Hey, I need to stop worrying about it. But for me, it's like, 
the more that I put into it, right, it keeps yeah. giving back to me. And it's like this energizing process that the more I work, the more I work, the more energized I feel, you know, like, and, it just and goes I'm to getting show further you. and further along. It's just, it's so different. Like it just the, goes, uh, it's the physician, what he's prescribing for you. And I know what he's prescribing <laughs> he prescribed for me. to me, just grinding every like, single hey, day, but I love you it. Hit you it, know, you hit, I you hit it, it running, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, the Lord disciplines those he loves. We're his children. And, well, he must love and, me a lot and more children, than you guys. <laughs> children have to be disciplined according to the way that they need to be disciplined. Like, you know, if you could, you could tell a boy, you know, in a stern voice not to do something because this, this, and that, and the boy will just look at you and then take it and be fine. You could do that with a little girl and she'll break. Yeah. And so there are different ways that the father deals methods. with his people. And so for you, so maybe we're all wrong. Yeah. Right. For you, for you, probably what, so you striving in your job doesn't produce anxiety in your life so oh, that no. the father's I'm saying, stop doing that. that. You know what I mean? But you striving to generate work is creating anxiety in your life. And the father's saying, no, I want to deal with that. And I so, also think the Lord's trying to tell me like, Hey, I'm the source of your provision. You're not the source of your provision as well. Um, I mean, I think that that's a part of the lesson that I need to learn. I'm not saying that's a truth for everybody, right. but for me, that's it's definitely, my, it's my truth. It's my truth. That whole thing. <laughs> Dude, I really, I really enjoy that. We, um, it's my truth. I really think that we talk about a lot of things that people don't talk about, you know, within, I agree. within the church, man. And I agree. I, I really like the, the, the way that we set this up is it's just literally, this is how we talk normally. You know what I mean? We're just, just the microphone just, in front yeah, of us. Yeah, we're just putting it on a platform. And yeah. I always I always walk away encouraged. And, you know, hopefully other people are walking away encouraged and not confused. But we're just, again, we don't have answers, man. Like, we don't have answers. We we have our specific mentalities about certain things, and that's okay. You know what I mean? But, and I mean, how much it, it it's interesting because within Christianity, you expect that you have the answer to everything or like, you're expected like, to have the answer. Like you're to expected to have the answer. Yeah. So, you know, there are different denominations or sects of Christianity who will demand a doctrinal statement right. concerning a certain aspect of the Christian faith. And so then they, they carve these statements into stone and then plaster them on their website and write them on the minds of their congregants hearts to make sure that they know where they stand on these issues. Right. And so we're having conversation. We're saying, well, we don't know. I have and far they, many and they more would questions say, than I've got answers. And they would sure. say, well, if you just did proper study and exegesis of the scriptures, well, yeah. then you would be able to come to these conclusions. Right. Operate in one gifting. <laughs> just study and teach. Yeah. I'm going to let, listen, I'm going to let the Lord be my father, my rabbi and my teacher. Ooh. Because Jesus said, call no man father, no man rabbi, no more, no one teacher for Except you have one. Right. And so I'm going to let the spirit guide me into truth. I'll let man encourage me. I'll let man share their experience. I'll let man share their understanding of scripture. Oh, but Jesus is high priest, prophet, and Lord. Can I ask man. a, you know, boom, excuse yeah. can I ask a question? I, I'm, I'm sure we're about to wrap up, but I have a, I have a question. Mm. Should we submit to a pastor? Like, should we submit ourselves to... Uh, the leadership of a man or woman and sit under their teaching, like follow them, submit to them. If you're called to do that. Yes. So if some you're people, called, if so you're called, you to, some called, can be called, called to, to partner with them in that specific work, then okay. Who did know? the apostle Paul submit himself to? Who was his pastor? The Lord Jesus. And what about Peter? And oh, who did, stop. What, what pastor did Jesus submit himself to? Here's why I ask this. 
is because sometimes like you got, you have people that will come under the leadership of a person who is, I hate to just say pastor because I feel like I'm shitting on pastors all the time, but they come under, uh, they submit themselves to a pastor and maybe this pastor is doing things that aren't reflective, do not reflect the character of Christ. Yeah. He's speaking to people certain ways. Like with Uh, what happened at Hillsong, New York. Oh, is that like Carl Lentz? Yeah. Like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So you got stuff like that to where they're submitting themselves to this person. They're following their teachings. They're being rebuked by this person, uh, being told shame on you, being just all of this. (laughs) Rebuke them. Is that is that a place where we're supposed to live in to where we submit ourselves to take that stuff on? So people might say, like, it's what's the verse? Because I asked you, is there a verse? So let me give you some verses and then we can we can discuss. We can discuss. So, number one, um, there's a scripture in Peter where it just talks about submitting to the leaders that have been placed over you. They care for your souls. Help them to do this without it being a burden for what good is it to you if you make it a burden for them. So there are times where there are people who are under and submitted to a certain leadership or authority in this world. Now, I think that that leadership they were talking about is different from the pastor system that we've seen manifested today. It's a system. The other thing is he gave some, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the building up to the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, yeah, he has giving teachers and shepherds, to the body to be trained for the work of the ministry. And so number one, if you're submitting, you have to ask yourself, am I actually being trained for the work of ministry or am I being, am I being recruited into a vision that is there? You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there needs to be discernment with all of that, but the Lord has given shepherds to the body. And so there, if you find yourself in a scenario where you have a shepherd over you, there's a, biblical way. If you want to put it that way, there's a spirit led way to exist in relationship with these people. That's healthy. But I think you have to be discerning as to whether or not you're living or you're submitting in a healthy fashion. Yeah. I think that there are some verses that are taken out of context that established the pastor as the spiritual head and leader. And I hear from God. And so you come here because I hear from the Lord and I'm just telling you what he wants you to hear. And so do what I do, go where I say that kind of, and it happens. We all know it happens. And then they like kind of Lord that over the congregations and the scripture says, don't Lord over those that have been placed under you anyway. So there's scripture about submitting but I think we've seen it manifest in some very unhealthy ways. Well, I asked you, I said, Jason, did I ask you, would you, or will you, or I'm going to ask you, would you submit yourself to be under someone's leadership? I, it, yes. It's, I mean, it depends. It's an, it depends. Right. Do I read scripture and say, oh no, it commands me. So I have to go find somebody to submit to. Yeah. No big deal. I'm in the body. I'm a son. I'm a part of the body. I'm in a fellowship, a gathering of believers. I have brothers and sisters in Christ mm-hmm. who know me, who I confess my sins and talk to. And you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm not a part of an organization that has a proclaimed or a, a, a you know what I'm saying? Is there, anyone, like an established that you, is there anyone that you currently submit to? What does that word submit mean anyway? Do you follow yes, the things that they say to what do? Is, what? 
I don't know. No, I'm just, I mean, not a human being. What is there, I, is there any verse in the New Testament that says that any one of those five offices make you better than any other believer? <laughs> no. Okay. The Unless purpose, you're an apostle. The purpose of that leadership, <laughs> yeah, that purpose, it, it, it serves a purpose. You know? It's beneficial. It's beneficial to have someone who would say that they are shepherding or equipping you for ministry. And there are leaders. It's, and that's beneficial. And, and there, there are, are leaders. leaders. Let me throw this in it. Let me kick you a scenario. Okay. You are in a study, and uh, I'm going to throw you a couple. So you're in a, a Bible study, you're going through scriptures, you come to this understanding and, uh, and you really feel like God's brought this on, right? Like, and let's say it's something about men and women in ministry. And, uh, you really believe that it's, it's okay for women to be in ministry and that it never should have been questioned based off of what the Lord is revealing to you. You approach leadership and you talk to them about this and they're like, nah, no, nah, we don't, we don't allow that here. Like that, that's not how we interpret these scriptures. Um, and then you're talking about your wife who, she, you know, she, she's got her gifts and she wants to use them. And like, no, you just need to submit to leadership and trust us that this is oh, right. I see what you're saying. So, okay. So this is one scenario. This is yeah. one. Yeah. So number one, I think it's okay for people to, um, explore a different way of thinking and have different theological stances on issues like that. Um, to be told to shut up or sit down, submit would be the uh, nice uh, way to, to say. To be, to be, th no, that's what they're saying. Like submissive. This is the way it is. There's, yeah. So for me, that's a power play. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's a power play on that. That's reflective of character. Yeah, it's a power play on, on behalf of poor, of poor leadership of the yeah. leader. Yeah, and so again, is that a healthy way for the leader to navigate that scenario? One would say so. And one would also feel justified by saying, well, this is what the Bible says. And so this is how it has to be. And so I just don't know that that's a healthy, that's a healthy way to handle that situation. And I know that there are pastors are, that do it. And I'm sure there will be pastors who will listen and then say, well, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you can, you can believe that. But here's the thing. If somebody moves on, because they question your leadership, you don't get to just say that they don't know what the hell they're talking about, or they can go screw themselves or just do whatever they want to do. And, and you're right and they're wrong and you're great and they're terrible. Yeah. What if you're wrong? What if you're absolutely 100% wrong? Have you ever considered that? Have you ever humbled yourself to maybe consider that you're wrong in that scenario? Or maybe you're right about what the Bible has to say, but you actually didn't even act in love. What, number one, you, what if you just allowed that non-essential doctrine? Did Good. You did. What, I started what, this. What if you allowed that non-essential Yo, doctrine love to kill a relationship that was a healthy, beneficial relationship for you, but you died on the hill of that belief and then just murdered a relationship. Scripture says, if you're angry, whatever, you've murdered your brother, right? You, if you know the love of God and you don't love your brother, you're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. The truth ain't in you. So I just think it's, I just think it's interesting that sometimes they come, it comes to that, that people, you know, they're just like, no, just submit to me. I know what's right. Kind of, mm. I don't know. I, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sticky situation. And, uh, 
you know what just happened to me is what happened to you when you were talking out against the church on Facebook was I created a hypothetical situation and yeah, individual, yeah, yeah. and then I just attacked that person. Yeah. And that person doesn't exist and that scenario doesn't exist. Well, they probably do. It is, it exists in the sense that it is, but there's, you don't know who that person is. You're, yeah. But they do exist. But here's the other thing. I don't function in a system and I don't function in a church organization that whatever I say ever make that statement. We, it, it's just less likely that in that scenario, any of anybody in our scenario would say, just submit. Yeah, I, really the, the phrase that you hear with us is you're powerful to disagree. I, there's a, yeah, there's, and you know, for leaders, I mean, there's a lot of leaders that I trust, you know, a lot of leaders yeah. that I trust. Yeah. Yeah. Good leaders. You know, like I love talk with Jeff Jewett. I love talking with Sam McVeigh, pastor, pastor Gates, Derek you know Shore. what I mean? And, I, in a lot of arenas as well. Yeah, I'm not and, saying and, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying for me, like you yeah. explained, I'm saying that if you trust that person, and again, if you feel called to to learn, right, the ropes from a person like that, you know, I I believe that that's right and that's good. But what, like, I agree with what you're saying as well because there's a lot of bad leaders out there as well. You know, I guess it's just it's on the person. You know, really, ultimately, pray about it and discern. You know, you have this person got to discern that. So listen, let me just say this. Just submit, just shut up and yeah, submit. Yeah, no, right. So not every, I'm not expecting leaders to be perfect and I'm not expecting leaders to handle every situation correctly. Like I know people, leaders are flawed. Like pastors are flawed. Apostles are flawed. Like people that have been put in these scenarios, they're flawed. And so they can make a mistake at any point in time. And I think, I guess what I want to say is if you think that you're in a situation where a leader is abusing their power or is leading in an unhealthy way that is silencing you or, or just being an asshole to people, being, man. Being an asshole, like, or that exists too. Dis, and the, disregarding and those people you go unchecked as a person. Like you have the freedom. Look, listen. There are many gatherings. Freedom. There are many gatherings. Your, um, the, the body of Christ is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not just your X, Y, Z church or your right. fantastic church or your amazing church, random or your action re- verb church, random action verb church or <laughs> super cool church, super cool church, ICT.com. Like it's not the only church on the super planet. Crazy, it's not awesome, the fun only, church. And it's not the only leader in the world that can add any value or lead you or guide you. And if you feel like you need to be in an organizational it's an scenario to where you submit to a leader and come under a teaching and say, you know, like, but also like know that the father can lead you and guide you and he can show you where you need to go. And it's okay to step out of certain scenarios. If he leads you to do that. And I mean, there's freedom, bro. There's freedom. There's freedom in this whole thing. And so I I don't know. Why'd you ask that question? I just was something I just thought about. I don't have to talk about it. I got to go jam. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You got something going on. Roll. I just wanted to, I, guys, we're having a good conversation. I wasn't ready to hop off yet. I thought it was good. It was very well, good. Casey can go. And the really cool thing, the really cool thing about this is that we just get together and honestly, we just talk about what we've been thinking about, what we've been experiencing. And I love that. I love that we talk from our experiences and, and that's like, I like the guiding thing. I like us. that I come away thinking that I'm wrong. 
you know what I mean? Mm. About a lot of things mm. because it, it make it, it allows me to, to go forward in a new perspective, you know? Well, I need that because I always walk that. away thinking I'm right about it. I'm everything. like, I'm wrong about that. This I'm wrong. Guy. I'm wrong about relationships. I'm wrong about this. I'm wrong about that. Yeah. You know, and it always causes me to dig deeper. And once the cool thing about seeking is that you're going to find, you know what I mean? Mm. And that you will find that's a, that's a, that's For a, sure. that's a yeah. fact, you know, and then Fat that, fact. and then that will create a worship, you know? So we didn't even talk about amen or casting off the identity of volunteers. So we'll have to pick that up later. Yeah. We'll have to talk about, we'll have to talk about that. And let me tease those out. Maybe we'll cover those some other, some other time. Tease well, we will. But yeah, this whole idea of casting. So the statement that I heard the other day was someone uh, said, they they were telling people to cast the identity, like cast off the identity of volunteer, that it's not biblical. So again, we're talking about identity and uh, basically how a lot of people, they're put into this identity of volunteer and serving the local church, the local, not, but not just the local church, oftentimes the Sunday morning gathering. Yes. Yeah. So that whole idea. And then what the, <laughs> the idea behind amen, amen, like, yeah. Yeah, so Using just the idea, amen. just the idea behind amen is let it be. So, I mean, that's not even a whole episode, but the word that's means, a fun. That's a fun starter, though. The, to the kick word, off an episode, the word means let it be so, and Christians will respond to amen with amen to just about anything, even if it's negative. Yeah, you know, it's so. like it's like man, you know, just they're like we got all these abortions going on in the United States right now, and it's just a terrible thing, and people go amen. Let, like, it let it be. So. Let it be so. Let all the let, abortions be let, so. Let all the abortions be so. Do you know what you just said? So it <laughs> it has to do with this idea of like words mean things again. Yeah. You know, and and I just want to try and recapture. Oh, I thought the, you were about to say wreak havoc. Re- <laughs> wreak havoc. We just want to wreak havoc on all these people who don't know what they're saying. Freaking idiots. Dum dums. Gosh, I hope I don't come across as a prideful bastard on this show. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Prideful Bastard Podcast. Dude, Casey just like dropped a humility bomb and I'm like, damn, I suck. He's like, I walk away thinking I'm wrong. And I'm like, I just told everybody how wrong they were. <laughs> Jeez, freaking. Oh, weirdos. man. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. And uh, man, we just appreciate y'all so much. You guys tune in and listen to us talk about stuff. And uh, we're th- I mean, I-, I count this as a... Jared Lettington said, you're going to hell. Amen. (laughs) All you sinners are going to hell. Amen. Let it be so. so. Send those sinners to hell. No, except the father says he hopes, he wishes that nobody would perish. So amen to that. Anyways, go ahead. I don't even know. Amen to this podcast. I just appreciate everything that, I just appreciate our listeners. Love you guys. I got nothing else. Casey's got to go. Yep, he's got to go. All right. All right. Salty Salty dogs. dogs. Out. That's because it's your thing. No, it's it's our thing. You can all do it together. We're still alive. Cool. Who's there? We have three diehards. I think one is Andrea. One is Jared. I don't know who well, else. Well, no, there's probably you and me. Oh yeah, and then them. It's you and me. You and me. How did we just do that at the, the same only time? One me is you and you for me. So happy together. I can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life. When I'm with you, baby, the skies are.
something blue. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you guys still on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was crazy.